Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Lafondra looking to get side of Bond. Lafondra away from David. 3-1 running. Three points running. Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rolls preview podcast supported by Phantom Bruco. Well, it's been a roller coaster of a week for Reading FC. You expect nothing else. I can repeat that ad nauseum probably for the next year or so. But I've also been joined to make his debut on the podcast. It's Jimin Lee from uh, Reading FC, reporter for Reading Today. How are you doing? Very, very good. Um, delighted to be on the pod. Lots to talk about. Um, obviously, we had the uh, the positive of the result in midweek. Um, but since then, a lot has happened, as is the way with, um, with being a Reading fan. And yeah, I'm excited to kind of get into it. Yeah, I mean, let's get into that. I mean, obviously, we had the win against Cheltenham 1-0, which was fabulous. Uh, I personally didn't care how it came. We just had to get the win. But how brave was Ruben to pick that starting lineup? Oh, massively. I think that um, it's all well and good going out on, on Tuesday in midweek and doing it at Millwall, which was a fantastic result in the Cup. Um, but then to expect them to come out again and to do it um, another time, it was really brave to make seven changes, um, you know, was was bold. But speaking to Ruben after the game, I get the sense that he genuinely didn't see it to be a risk. That's just how much faith he has in these young players, um, which is a positive. They performed. They didn't let him down. Um, but yeah, for sure, like we, like everyone else, saw the, the team sheet an hour before kickoff and just thought, you know what, if this doesn't go right, there are going to be a lot of people on Ruben Sellers' back. But yeah, it all went well and the youngsters acquitted themselves brilliantly. And yeah, I think we've we've reached a point now where we're really excited to see how the team and the lineup looks like on Saturday. Just for that word alone, excitement around Reading FC and going to a game it is magical because it's been so long that hasn't been the case. I mean, the, I thought the whole team played well, but for me, Nelson Abbey was a real standout. And for his age, obviously being from Reading, the captain, I thought he was exceptional. But was any others or was Nelson your pick as well for a standout? 
yeah, I think it'd be unfair to talk about the game and not talk about Nelson Abbey even just for a little bit. Um, I turned around to my colleague in, up in the, the press gantry. I think it was around the 65th or 70th minute. Um, and I turned around to, to him and I said, you know what, is that the, the first mistake that he's made? And I think that it genuinely was. And it wasn't even that much of a mistake. I think someone just got the better of him by a couple of yards and it didn't result to anything. Um, but he was flawless. An absolutely fantastic performance from, from Abby. Um, a performance far beyond his experience level. And it was really good to see that from someone who's a Reading lad, someone who's been brought up uh, through the kind of Berkshire junior football football um, setup. I also thought Tyler Binden was really good at the heart of defence with him. Um, it was really good to see them two work as a partnership. I feel like we've got something really good there between the two of them. Um, and yeah, I think up the top of the pitch, we had the likes of Kalen Vickers and uh, Kelvin E leading the line really well. I thought it was very telling that we asked Sellers post-match about Nelson Abbey because he was the standout performance. Um, and I think the first name he mentioned in answering that question was Kelvin E. And that just goes to show how much defending for him is a team effort. Defending from the front, making sure that it, it's from the front guys, whoever's playing, all the way um, back to the centre-back and to, to um, button in goal, um, to a man, I thought everyone was fantastic. So as much as we can pick out players, um, I think it's really important to, to mention the fact that everyone played really, really well. Um, and it's really good to see the youngsters um, put together such an accomplished performance. Yeah, totally. Um, it took the academy lads, basically, <laughs> to come in and uh, essentially see out a game. Um, Cheltenham had... Uh, in the second half, I'd say they definitely improved and maybe the young players kind of felt it a little bit, but you'd expect that. Um, I'm not surprised by that at all, but they rode it out. And I can't remember Cheltenham having a clear opportunity, which is, you know, unusual, unusual. So we move on to the next day. Well, this is Reading FC. This is what we do. We have the high, then we have the low. It then comes out from the EFL statement that we have a one-point deduction and a suspended three three more points if our owner doesn't pay the wages on time again. And he's also said that he's putting 125% of the wages into an account, so it should be paid. So we'll see, as Wigan fans will know, they've been through all of this. But Dean, what was your thoughts when you first saw this news breaking? Well, I think we were all expecting something. Um, I had in the back of my mind that we might get a suspended um, points deduction. Um, I had three points in my head. I wasn't really expecting the one, but reading through the report, as I know a lot of fans will have done kind of last night, um, I can understand why we've got the, the point penalty. I think it's, um, it's in keeping with the findings of the report. I think it's a shame that the, the actions and maybe the inaction of our owner is caused the club to be penalised in, in such a way. Um, but as much as we can talk about the one-point penalty being slight, maybe, you know, some might consider it to be a little bit more lenient. Uh, we can't forget the fact that we are a club now who have received points penalties in three consecutive seasons, and that is unacceptable. Whether we're talking about a, a football club or any type of business, um, you've got to run it in a sustainable way, and Dayong's not been able to do that um so yeah just in terms of the 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 deduction it's good to know where we stand it's good to know that it is only one point um it's a shame that it kind of comes off the off of the back of a really perfor uh um impressive performance in mid 
Yes, this is pretty much a typical Reading FC, isn't it? Um, it's hard to know where you first start with the club because there's always a disaster right round the corner. But, gee, what are your thoughts on what happened about only 10 minutes later when we announced the signing of a new player from FC Copenhagen on loan? Did you hear that last bit? <laughs> no, I didn't. Um, yeah, so it is exciting. I think that he's the 10th man through the door uh, this summer, which is you know really good because we, we lost a lot of people at the end of last year. To bring someone in with Champions League experience is always a plus. Um, and I think that having someone who has that relationship with Ruben Sellers already through his time at, at Copenhagen is, is massive. Um, he has pace, which is really important for us uh, going forward, as that seems to be a really key part of how Ruben wants to play. Um, he can play out on the, he well, he is um, most comfortable playing out on the left um, and is right footed. So we can expect him to kind of cut in from, from the wing, uh, which is massively positive. And I think Reading have previously had quite a, a good record with Nigerians, with Yakuru in the past and Hope Akpan. So it'll be good to, to see how he gets on. Um, moving forward, it's just good to, to have options up top. Um, scoring goals will be massively important for us this year, um, just as it is to have a solid um, backline. So, yeah, it'll be good to see how he gets on. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he's brought in straight away. We don't really know where he's at in terms of his fitness. But, yeah, excited to see him get going. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's, it's always good to see a new signing, isn't it? Someone would place, yeah, again, something that we needed. We also brought in Ben Elliott. Won a three-year deal from Chelsea. Another young player, only 20 years. He's been at Chelsea all his, uh, I don't know, can you call it a career? I guess so, from a year of eight. But, um, yeah, I'm interested to see how it goes. I'm not going to pretend that I know much about him, as in I've ever watched him, because I haven't. But I think it shows that we're uh, in the transfer market. We're going in the right direction under Bowen. Absolutely. Um, it feels like he's really... Um you know, pulling out minor miracles <laughs> every um, for every transfer. But I think just talking on on Ben Elliott, he's a player that Ruben Sellers really likes. He's gone and watched him play um, for Chelsea. And I think that having that sort of personal touch and making sure that it's a player that fits into Ruben's system is super important going forward. He was very, very complimentary of him after the game on Tuesday when we asked him about, about him, uh, you know, talking about the fact that he's, for his age, in terms of scanning and kind of, um, playing on the half turn he's really 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 good for his age and um, he also mentioned the fact that he'd like to see him develop his defensive side as well uh, which is positive because he's only young I'm sure he's got a lot of growing to do both physically and also uh, technically as well so it'll be interesting to see where he fits in does he come in straight away fitness wise he's good to go Ruben says um, but it'll be interesting to see how he fits in because playing that kind of system with the two sixes it's super important that every player that plays in that position is able to do both sides, you know, going forward and um, defending as well. So you might need a bit more time to bed in, but we've got options ready as it stands. So I don't think that's a process that needs to be rushed too quickly. Yeah, I mean, we've got kind of, yeah, I'm going to use that word again, exciting options. <laughs> it's kind of, it is unusual because you look at, like I just mentioned about the transfer and we seem to move in the right direction. Obviously a player like him, 
if we sell him, he does well. That's great for everyone, yet again. I'm sure Chelsea have got a big sell-on clause, but that's the situation we're in. But it is really going to entice more young players to join us because if they feel like getting game time consistently in League One, it's only good for their careers, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that when you've got a midfield like we did last year, where you've got pretty much a whole midfield of lone players who ultimately don't have to bear the consequences of whether we get relegated or not. It's a completely different ball, ball game now where you've got players on three-year contracts who, if we do get relegated, it reflects badly on them, but also it stunts their progression. So as much as this is a team game, individually, you've got players there who are hungry, who are desperate to be successful. Um, and so it's really exciting and I can't wait to see how um, the youngsters get on and they've been given a lot of trust from, from Ruben and I'm sure that will continue going forward. Yeah. Well, we come into the game on Saturday against Stevenage. We have two points, despite winning. It's a little bit confusing, but that's where it works. So, what will he do with the team? I mean, it's so hard to know. Will he just say, okay, I'm going to play the same team? Or will he mix it up? What's your feeling? It's a tricky one. We were having this debate in the office today, actually. I think there are a few players who started on Tuesday uh, with whom you kind of think it, they've almost made themselves um, impossible to drop now. You look at the likes of Nelson Abbey, you'd have to be almost, I don't know if this is the right word, but you'd almost have to be brave to drop them at this point or stupid, I don't know which. Um, but it's really important that, um, you know, players like Abbey continue their rhythm. And I think that Sellers wouldn't want to break it. Um, as much as, you know, you've got to make sure that players aren't overplaying. Um, you don't want to have a player like Nelson Abbey, who's in such a rich vein of form, having put in really good performances against Millwall and then um, again uh, on Tuesday. You don't want to kind of break their stride, break their rhythm. So for me, it's impossible now for Nelson Abbey not to start on Saturday. Um, you'd expect Kelvin to come in. My, my feeling is that it will be a bit of a hybrid. So far, we've seen you know a senior team play the first game, then a younger one play the second, then back to a senior team and then back to a, a more a younger team. Um, I think it'll be more of a mix. Uh, Stevenage are quite a physical side, so if we put the youngsters out, it'll be tricky for them to um, kind of control the game, maybe in the same way that they did against Cheltenham. So just having players um, who maybe have that extra bit more experience, um, it might not be um, the fans' most popular pick, but I've got a feeling Andy Carroll will start just because of um, his um, kind of dominance in the air off of set pieces. It might be useful to have him in the box for both offensive and defensive uh, set plays. Um, but yeah, I think my my gut instinct is that he'll go for a bit of a mix between youth and experience. Yeah, well, I have to wait and see on that one. I'd love to see Carson starting. That's one player I would really like to see in the team. There's lots of them now. So we, I'm not going to go through them all individually because we'll be here forever. So let's go to the prediction time, G. What are we going to say for Saturday? thinking about this earlier I think I'm going to go with a 1-1 obviously Stevenage are coming off of three wins in the league in a row and they're in third place we are improving but I think the fact that we're at home for a second time the fans will be buoyed by Tuesday's performance um, I think they'll get behind the lads um, and yeah I'm going to go with 1-1 or 2-2 but I'm thinking more 1-1 yeah, I, I can see what you're thinking there. I, I think I'm going to sit on that fence with you and say 1-0 because, yes, Stevenage obviously had a fantastic start. We're vulnerable still. <laughs> there's, there's no point denying it. But 
let's just hope it is the case that we pick if we pick up another point if we pick up a win lovely but we'll take whatever happens as long as they go out there and give everything and they give us something to like optimistic about in the future even if everything isn't perfect so thanks a lot for listening to this bit we'll now be cutting over to a stevenish fan Thank you, Paul, and welcome back to the preview podcast here on Elm Park Royals. We've, of course, jumped across to the view from the opposition. We are playing Stevenage at home this weekend. And so to preview Stevenage, we've got Matt on, another Matt. We love Matt's here at Elm Park Royals from the Stevenage FC podcast. How are you doing, Matt? Matt, I'm doing brilliantly, my man. I've, um, you know, from from the big win the other night and seeing our Stevenage up in, in third joint top, it's it, it's really weird, my man. We, we we have to kind of still pinch ourselves as Stevenage supporters at the minute being in League One, but we're having to pinch ourselves that little bit harder at the minute to see us um, in the top three. But no, doing really well. Really excited to, to come on this great platform and yeah, have a chat about the big game this Saturday. Yeah, oh, The biggest game. Who who would want to be watching anything else but Reading v Stevenage this weekend, <laughs> honestly? like It's the place to be. Um, but Matt, kind of... Um, we'll start this actually kind of back in the doldrums a bit with, with, with Stevenage. Sorry to start some a bit, bit of a downer, but kind of Stevenage of the last 10 years. If Reading fans kind of think of their time over the past 10 years, it's been a very similar story for Stevenage, culminating really, though, in kind of probably your lowest season where you finished 23rd in League Two. And it's just been relegation fight, relegation fight, relegation fight. I mean, Matt, let's let's just talk about a bit of Stevenage over the last 10 years, really. Just give us a bit of background into that and what it's been like. Wow, good question. Um, I mean, I've been a Stevenage football club support for 20 years, just over 20 years. And, and the club has become my, uh, my really my life the past kind of eight to 10 years, really. Um, and... I've been absolutely everywhere. Uh, I've been home and away. I haven't missed a single game for I, can't, I couldn't tell you the last game that I missed. I love love the club. It's my life. Met friends. We have city weekends away. We do the lot. Uh, so I've seen a lot of it the last eight years. You, you could say, um, yeah. Wow, well, where to start? And um, I think where it all began really for us was um, we're back in League Two. Um, that was nine, just over nine years ago, um, and. Really, from then, it's been a consistent theme, or it was a consistent theme of of the chairman at the time, who, don't get me wrong, has done a brilliant job for our football club. Um, you know, he's changed the club into a football league club. He's got a new badge. He's built this beautiful new North Stand that we've got. But it was a running theme of just appointing the wrong managers at the club, um, inexperienced guys. Um, after Wesley left, we got in the likes of Teddy Sheringham. Um, I think that was more of a an attendance project rather than actually winning football matches. I think it was to get bums on seats and that it did. But unfortunately, the most important thing, as you chaps will know as well, is what goes on on the pitch as well. And that was that was a, a failed project after Teddy. It was Darren Sahl, who was a supporter of the club, who I think a lot of us actually liked Darren Sahl. He actually did well for a bit, but Sahl, in his own admission, I think, just wasn't experienced enough in League Two to do anything very good for a long, sustainable amount of time and lost lost the job. Um, in, in a really tough second half of the season. Soon after that, it was taken over by Dino Manria, who once again, a budget appointment, played for the club, was an assistant. Um, and we brought him in as manager. And again, kind of kind of the theme for us for those kind of years, a good few years ago, was we'd get a new manager, they'd do well in the first season, and in the second season, it would all go, all go wrong. And it was the case of Dino. He had a 
Really good season where we, we just missed out on the League 2 playoffs. We brought in a brilliant player called Ilias Chair and really he was the, the reason why we nearly um, nearly got into the playoffs. And obviously he's doing great things for Morocco and QPR. And, mm. and then after Dino, it was um, in that COVID year, it was passing it back to Wesley. That failed. We went to Mark <laughs> Sampson, who was the coach. I actually get on really well with Mark. I thought Mark did a good job, but again, hasn't got that EFL manager experience. Then who did they get passed to? Alex Ravel, who was a player and actually Revs is in the setup now and he's doing a wonderful job as first team coach mm. under um, Steve Evans, who obviously played under Steve back for Rotherham. And unfortunately with Revs, again, similar format, did well in that first season, but that second season, just that experience caught up with him. So for us at Stevenage, we've had a, a real tough time. We've been down the bottom of League Two for four to five consecutive seasons. We've flirted with the relegation places. We've been relegated. We got kept up with the reprieve. That was the reprieve year, as we call it. <laughs> um, we then went on. We had a real troubled season. The following one later, we were bottomed by Boxing Day and had a good second half of the season. And the following one again, down there again. And, you know, after years of saying that we needed a proper manager, you know, saying that we needed a Football League manager, who was our saviour to come and save the club and, bring the success to us at Stevenage Football Club. And that man is under the name of Big Steve Evans. And as soon as we Ooh. pointed to Big Man, he kept us up in that horrible season a couple of years ago and then incredibly um, built an incredible side last season that went on to achieve, I think, more than we could have ever imagined. Ever imagined sorry, in finishing second, automatic promotion. The first other time we've been automatically promoted in the Football League. Um Went on a cup run, beat Aston Villa. I mean, one of the greatest nights we've had as Stevenage Football Club supporters. And not only does he get us promoted, we then come into a League One season. Everyone goes, you know what? Can he do it again? Can he create a team that can take League One by the scruff of the neck and be up the top? And my God, is he proving everyone wrong again at the minute. He's built this incredible League One team, new League One players. And we're right up there knocking on the door. And again, a, a big win on Saturday sees us go to 12 points and possibly leading League One. It would be an incredible story. It's been a journey. I'm really proud of it. And you know what? When I look back, were, were those times really hard? They were. But I think it. I'm almost happy it happened because it adds to our story. It adds to our success. And um, it's been a hell of a ride. I can't wait to tell the grandkids in about 20 years' time or whenever that happens of, of Stevenage Football Club's rise from the bottom of League Two to League One. So... It's been a long journey, but um, I'm ever so proud of this setup we've got at the minute and, and what we're doing in League One. I mean, you you talk of it as one of one of the great stories, kind of I Stephen Edge of the last season, or even kind of back back to 2022 when um, Steve Evans took over. Some Reading fans might not have been aware of that story. It really is kind of one of the stories of uh, for me. It's the greatest story in in the football league at the moment. People talk about Luton just because they've gone up to the Premier League, but kind of where Stephen Edge have come from and the job Steve Evans has done. It is quite simply astonishing. Um, you look back to, I think it was, was it 16th of March? Yeah, 16th of March, 2022, he, he was appointed and they were 22nd. And, you know, you look at you look at where they are now and joint top third, as things stand, kind of um, on goal difference in League One. Who would have mm -hmm. thought? It's, um, it's, it's quite the story, quite the story for sure. But... Whilst we're on that topic, Steve Evans, since he's come in, fifty six point three percent win win ratio. It's it's pretty fantastic to be honest. And like like we say, the the type of club that he took over, not not talking about the size, but just where Stevenage were at the point. 
how has he turned it around, Matt? What has he done with the squad? Is has it been change of style, personnel, or is it almost just one of those things where it's the right manager at the right time at the right club? It's a great question. I, I think it's a combination of many things. I think look, when we, when we got Steve and, and we were having that real horrid season, and and it, it, it looked all but gone. I mean, I, I'm absolutely convinced if Steve didn't uh, come in at that time, we would have been relegated. Even though, yeah, Steve and his fans, we'd probably say we still believed, but I think the belief was going. Um, I think what it was and what Steve brings is, you know, guy knows how to win football matches. And, and, and not only does he know that, he knows how to do it at League One and League Two. And it's something that we haven't had for, for a long, long time. And probably never, ever in the Football League, to be honest with you. Have we had a guy that really knows the league down to a T, knows how to get promoted. I mean, the guy's got nine or ten promotions in the bag. And, you know, it, it was it was knowing how to win matches. It was, you know, what type of players do we bring to our club? We don't just want to recruit players that have been all right, good for the last couple of years elsewhere. We want to bring players to suit a style of play that's going to be successful, that's going to allow us to, you know, win games and, and, and build those memories and, you know, build that reputation of being, oh, my God, we've got Steven and Joanna. Tuesday night, what a tough game that is, or away on a Saturday or at home. I think that's what Steve did. You know, he kept us up. Um, I don't know how he kept us up. That team were a failed team, but I think that shows actually how good of a manager he is. Even though that team was a failed team, he still got them winning four of their last six, which is just ridiculous. But um, it was really last season, he, he had a style of football that he knew that he was going to play with us. He brought the right players in, the, the right players, not just any players, the, the the right players, the Cole Piagiani's, the Jordan Roberts, that not have only have kind of Steve managed in the past and wanted to, to sign, but players that suit the style that we want to play. He got them super fit um, and just just got us winning games early and, and built that momentum. And, and that's what he's done. Um, I think what's been an incredible thing is, as you mentioned, the win ratio and the amount of games that Steve has won in the amount of time. I mean, I, I completely agree with you. I've been a football fan all my life. Again, I've been a Stevenage Football Club supporter for just over 20 years. I don't think I've ever seen a turnaround like ours in quick succession. I've, ne I've never seen it. I've never seen a team right at the peak of League Two, the bottom of League Two, sorry, the depth of it, to then just in a year promoted and then up the top of League One. I've never seen it. Um, and what he's done for the club is, is just... I think in the short amount of time that Steve Evans has been manager, I would actually say he would probably go down as the greatest manager ever at the club, just in the short amount of time that he's had and what he's achieved and succeed, succeeded at the club. But that's what he's done. Got the right players in, built the right style of football, got the right people in and around the players. And Bob, you have it. I mean, uh, the one thing that Steve brings is a massive resource book. And again, when you look at the players that play for us this season, you can go back and look last season with the Danny Roses and all of that. But when you look at this season, you look at the, um, you know, the new players that we've signed, the Dan Butlers, the Thompsons, um, yeah, Harry Anderson. You know, they're either players that have either played for Steve in the past or they're players that Steve has tried to sign at one point. So he likes having those familiar faces around the group. And it's culminated in in an incredible one and a bit years at the club. So um, it's been brilliant that we've had Steve. He's here to 2025. He signed a contract that keeps him here for a couple of years, which is great. Do I think he'll see out the contract? I do. Do I think he'll retire after? I do. But um, mm -hmm. I think he's an incredible manager and he brings that reputation that people don't like. When he's, when he's not your manager, you hate him. But when he's your manager, you love him. And boy, do we love him at our club for what he's achieved for us for over the past 18 months. So an incredible manager and 
we've had a great start in League One, but I'm really excited to see what he achieves with us this season in League One. Well, one thing he is is an experienced manager. I mean, and we're not just talking five, six hundred managerial appearances this weekend will be as I think 1,160th game as manager it's like wealth of experience and actually got a very very good win percentage as a manager overall he's probably one of those underrated managers in these lower lower tiers he doesn't really not succeed wherever he goes kind of Gillingham is probably one of the few places where he has not succeeded um Kind of looking looking ahead though, and kind of with, with, with Stevenage as a team, um, we kind of discussed it um, before before the game. Kind of you've kind of brought in a couple of players, um, not before the game, sorry, before the podcast. Um, we brought brought in a few players um, in the summer. Kind of how's how's the summer window gone? Integration in the, into the team. Got a few uh, few good good players with a few nicknames as well. Uh, you were saying, yeah, the Thompsons, etc., and everyone. Yeah, we've got we've got a few nicknames in there. Um, no, look, great, great window. I, I, I think, in my opinion, since I've been a Stevenage Football Club supporter, more so in the new era, best window I think we've ever had. Um, I think it was, I think, look, I think for us, we've come up as a promoted side in second place. And we look at League One and League Two. And I think a lot of people, you look at Ingo, you know, there, there is a difference. You know, you've got some huge clubs in League One, yourselves, Derby, Wigan, you know, Bolton, Barnsley. Um, and I think the top of League One, there's a massive difference um to league two and i think we could have come at it and gone well look we can come up and we can keep that promoted side all of those players together and do all right in league one you know do all right probably won't be near the top half but we'll we'll stay up and do well and and win at home and and do all right away from home but is that the steve evans way it isn't you know steve wants to come up and compete and not only does he want to compete he wants to get promoted that steve he's a winner and and that's been one thing that he's injected into our club over the last year and this season in League One. We want to win. We're winners. And um, what we've done, very simply, we've looked at it and gone, well, for us to compete in League One, we have to upgrade the team. We can't just come up with that squad. OK, we're going to pick the best players and keep them that can do well in League One. But we want to upgrade it. And we want to bring in League One players that have been playing at the level, not just playing at the level, have been at the top of the level competing for promotion in the playoffs. That's what he's done. He, he's brought in Nathan Thompson, uh, Dan Butler, Ben Thompson, Louis Thompson. Um, you know, we've got likes of um, Nick Freeman. You know, th- these are guys that have either been promoted to the championship from League One or in the last couple of years have been competing. When, when I talk about Dan Butler and Nathan Thompson, they played in that 5-0 game away at Sheffield Wednesday. They just played in the playoff semi-final. So, you know, we've recruited players that expect to be up there. So that's what we've done. Am I surprised of our start? I'm, I'm actually not. I, I think what's quite crazy for us is seeing us third and seeing us as supporters with nine points because to be joint top in League One is incredible. It's absolutely incredible. It's happiest we've ever been as, as a supporter, base, certainly for me as a Stevens Football Club supporter. But, you know, in terms of who we've recruited, I'm, I'm not surprised that we're up there this early on after the games and the teams that we've played. So that's all we've done. Um, we've kept exactly the same style with better players. And because we've done that, we're playing the style better, basically. It's, it's, it's a really simple kind of methodology to it. So that's it in a nutshell. Um, we've, we've recruited really good players with the original players. And um, and when you look at it, it's a team of winners, team of players that have had promotions recently um, and a League One team. And it's no surprise in my mind that we're up there doing the things that we are early on in League One. 
And you talk of that style that kind of you brought up from League One and it's continuing. What is that style? Um, I have a feeling it's a bit similar to uh, to the Reading, Reading style, a bit high pressing, but kind of um, get, give us an insight to uh, Evans Ball, we'll call it. Evans Ball, well, let me tell you, it's, it's a brutal brutal style it's uh for anyone that doesn't know how we play go and watch the the in-depth analysis of the highlights we're direct we're in your face 90 minutes of the game we don't stop running and we score a lot of last minute goals we've done it under steve we we've got this knack of scoring in the last seconds of the game and when you even look this season in league one the the opening day which is an incredible day by the way seeing seeing the team play league one at northampton 80th minute winner. Um, the other night, 82nd minute winner. I mean, if you look back to last season, we were scoring 100th minute goals and 98th minute goals and 96th minutes. And I remember, we, I think we, it was the 89th minute you scored at the Medeski, um, yeah. or the SCL, I should say. In Bingo. The yeah, that mm. was it. We, we've got this knack under Steve. And again, we've done it this season. We did it at Cambridge the other night, 82nd minute um, with Big Goal Ready. We've got this knack of scoring last minute goals. We're direct. We press high. We don't stop the whole game. Um, we've got some technical really good players in the midfield that can get on the ball and play but we'll look to get the ball forward early we'll look to get the good players in that final third on the ball and create things from set pieces is is an absolute dream for us it's it's got to a point now whenever we get a corner it's celebrated like a free kick right near to the box because you best believe if Cole Pierciani's right on with that ball it's going towards the goal but the guy's heading ratio from corners is unreal I think someone pulled out the stat and for the whole of well this season and last season, Cole Pierciani's lost three headers in the opposition box um, when the balls come near him. So uh, corners are just an absolute dream for us and, and free kicks on the edge of the box. So we do all the nasty things really well. We win the second balls. We're dirty. We're, we're, we're a very fit group. We run the mileages. We, we do all the nasty things that maybe a lot of teams don't like to do. We do them really well. So... That's our style in a nutshell. You'll get it for a full 90 minutes in injury time. And, and we've got a knack of ending the games really well. So that's our style in a nutshell. Under the uh, kind of famous Evans boards, we call it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And uh, that, 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 that bit you mentioned there about late goals is uh, it, that might be a cause for concern for Reading, to be honest, because Reading, as we kind of discussed um, uh, on your podcast, are kind of a team that tail off a bit at the moment. They don't seemingly have the fitness at the moment to fill a full 90 minute performance. Mm. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Um, hopefully there's 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 not any last minute shenanigans, but but we'll have to <laughs> wait and see. Um, Matt, you've you've read off lots of different players there, though. Um, you know, you call Pete. I can't pronounce his name. Pigiani. Pigiani. Is that it? Pigiani. That's it, Pigiani, yeah. We there call we go. His, his nickname's Pidge. Pigiani. Pidge. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we've mentioned the likes of Pidge and everyone. If you've got to pick one player from this Stevenage team to uh, keep an eye on, or if Ruben Sellers is what is listening to this, which I'm sure he is, if you want them to be marked out of the game, who are you choosing? And don't choose your worst player to be marked out of the game. I was just going to say, it's going to have to be someone that's injured. We'll go for Sweeney. There you go. Um, <laughs> no, oh, that is a great question. One player, oh dear me. I think at the minute, I mean, look, everyone would say Carl Pigiani, that that guy's incredible. But I think at the minute, there's a few players that we've kept from the promotion season last season that are made for League One. They're absolutely made for League One. They've played League One in the past. But one player that is absolutely made for the division, who has been one of our best players so far, 
I would say is Jordan Roberts, um, who played League One before, I do believe, under Steve Evans when he was at Gillingham or Crawley or wherever it was. I think it was Gillingham. Um, that guy is absolutely made for League One. I actually think he's good enough for the championship, but um, he is absolutely made for it. He's been brilliant. He's a real ball carrier, Jordan. What Jordan does really well, he'll get you from A to, a to Z in quick succession. He'll pick up the ball and get you there really, really quickly. And he's got this ability of drawing fouls, keeping the ball, creating things. He scores goals as well. He got off the mark the other night in the league away at Cambridge. He's probably been, um, he's probably the one that that I that I've got to put there on the list. But I just want to throw in there: keep an eye out for Big Goal Reedy. He does it all the time. He's another I'm going to throw in there. I know you've asked for one. I've got to give to Jordan Roberts, Big Goal Jamie Reed. But if you're pushing me for one, yeah, Jordan Roberts. He's absolutely made for the division. Well, if you if anyone's got a nickname nickname like uh, Big Goal Reed, you know kind of what you're going to be getting with them. So, but I mean, Jordan John Roberts, midfielder. If I'm not not mistaken, attacking midfield player, can play striker yeah. as well, but attacking okay. midfield player. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, uh, yeah, Reading 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 fans keep an eye on him. Keep an eye on him. I think he's number eleven for for yes. uh, for Stevenage. So, um, so yeah, keep keep an eye out for him. Um, Matt, score prediction. We've got to that point in the show. Um, you see, you're sounding. I think you're sounding quite confident. I'm feeling there might be a winning prediction coming. Well, look, Matt. I've got to tell you, anyone that knows me, not just at Stevenage Football Club, but around the league, no, I'm the most positive Stevenage Football Club fan <laughs> you'll ever. That, that really hasn't come across in this podcast, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when we were uh, had the reprieve year, and um, I was still saying we're going to win this weekend, and people went, "No, you're not." No, you're not. You've won three games. We're not winning any games. Um, You've although, got to at the I, end of the day with football, isn't it? You've got uh, to. Yeah, yeah. Although I did say we'd stay up out of belief, and we did, so I can claim that in the promotion. But, um, yeah, look, we've had a great start. I, I, I think the momentum will continue. Um, I do actually think it's a tough game at, at your place at Reading Saturday. Every game in League One's tough. It's actually our first game against a big club on a big ground because the opening three we've played... Northampton, Shrewsbury, Cambridge. So, you know, three of the sides that aren't the biggest in the league. So it's our first big one, really, this Saturday. But um, I love what we're doing at the minute. We've had a, a terrific start, a bloody terrific start. The, the football, the the performances, the control, you know, we suffocate teams to play our game and and, and we take over the game. And I, and I think I'll, I can see us doing it Saturday. Look, it's a bigger pitch, so we're going to need to be well-equipped for that. Um, but I, I think we'll win Saturday. I'm, I'm going to go for a 1-0 win. I think it'll be tight. Um, but I really think with, with, with 10 minutes to go, we, we come alive in games. And um, I think big goal Jamie Reid will, will, will nick us a 1-0 win um, in the second half. So I'm going to go 1-0 for us, Stephen, to get top of League One, 12 points. <laughs> well, there we go. There we go. He said to Mark Jordan Roberts out the game, but Jamie, big goal Jamie Reid's going to be the one to get the goal. Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, sellers, if you're listening, mark them both out of the game because they sound like an absolute <laughs> menace. Um, Matt, I mean, thank you so much for coming on on the podcast. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Do you want to just give a quick shout out to uh, to your podcast? No, Matt, absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, any listeners, go and follow us on Twitter at TSFC Podcast, the Stevenage Football Club Podcast. Uh, we do so much. Um, well, we try to do so much for the club and the fans. We uh, drop uh, ep well episodes at the minute like hot dinners at the minute because we're doing really well in League One so <laughs> they're, they're coming out like two or three times a week at the minute um, so yeah go, as, uh, go and give us a little follow on that uh, we have got a YouTube channel at the minute where we put up some of the big episodes we've had a couple of pods with Steve Evans they're still on YouTube so if you want to go and watch them go and watch them we have actually got Steve 
uh, coming on the pod again in the next month. So that'll be really good. Keep an eye out for that. Um, we have got loads of stuff coming. We've got a website that's being created. Um, we're in partnership with with the charity at the club, which is the Stevenage Football Club Foundation with our podcast. So that's something that we're growing over, over this season. Um, but yeah, go and give us a follow. Um, go and listen to a few recent episodes. Again, if you want the most positive hosts and, and you like positivity, go and give us a follow. But uh, yeah, go and give us a follow on those platforms. That would be uh, much appreciated. Perfect. Well, Matt, again, thank you so much for jumping on. Um, and um, yeah, best of luck, obviously, for the season. Not for this weekend, obviously. We we, we always say that to, uh, to, to, to each other. But best of luck for the season. Really looking forward to seeing how Stephen Ish do. So um, yeah, thank you very much for, for, um, for jumping on today. No worries. Thank and you. Not a problem. And thank you everyone for listening. Um, obviously it's been the preview podcast um, brought to you by Phantom Brewing. Um, I'm Matt Lansley and we will catch you on the next episode. Welcome to another round of Drawing Board or Miro Board. Today we discuss technical diagramming with systems architect Maya. Let's go. First question. You've spent 10 hours slogging over a sequence diagram that should have taken five. Drawing Board or Miro Board? Drawing Board. And if I'm being honest, Miro would probably cut that time down by half. You know, with its AI tools and ready-to-go templates. Next, your diagrams become so bulky, it's more complex than the solar system. But all it takes is a few clicks and... It's Miro. I've used those technical shape packs way too many times. And stuff is just digestible on its infinite online canvas. Now, the final question. Everyone's brought in. But you have to make all these tasks all the way over in Jira. But wait, it's done. Is it... Miro. Easy with its two-way Jira sync. Easy to plot dependencies. Everyone always knows what's up. And she's done it. Join over 60 million people creating technical diagrams without workflow glitches. Get your first three boards for free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com.